The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to expand your mind and open the doors to your consciousness? Then get ready for this episode with Christina Donnell. She's a psychologist, author of two books, spiritual teacher who studied Eastern traditions and the shamanic energy practice of the Caro Indians of Peru for nearly three decades. She is the founding director of Winds of Change Association, a Minneapolis-based educational organization offering programs that cultivate humanity's evolving consciousness. Today, Christina maintains a consultation practice, teaches, and speaks internationally. Get ready as we talk about her new book, Encounters with Living Language, Surrendering to the Power of Words. So get ready for an amazing show and a way of looking at the quantum reality of all that is. I'm Stephanie James, psychotherapist and transformation coach, and you are listening to Igniting the Spark, where each week we bring you inspirational guests to help you ignite your joy, happiness, and well-being. Together, we can illuminate the world. Christina Donnell, thank you so much for being here with me on Igniting the Spark. Stephanie, thank you for having me on the Mind, Body, Spirit Forum. That is really, truly a tributary that is growing for voyages and consciousness. And I like being a part of it because all of us are lending a hand to a movement of human awakening. So thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk with you about your new book, but first, just so people can get to know you a little bit, Christina. Yes. Can you, well, and maybe this is jumping ahead because I know you talk about this, but I'm so fascinated by the shamanic work and studies that you did with the Caro Indians in Peru. Can you talk a little bit about your own journey into consciousness? I would say this. Born into the world as a mystic, but beautifully did not know it. But by the age of six, it was clear 
I was having experiences with the unseen and being part of the midwifery of the unseen into our everyday world. And it continued. And Western culture, yes, I became educated. And oh, along the way, but I had a PhD. None of that ever mattered to me. And shortly out of graduate school, I really saw as a psychologist, clinical psychologist, mm, this Western culture is not truly serving the psyche or the spirit in a way that can move it to well-being or joy. And I left my position as a at a major medical center as the director of an anxiety disorder clinic to go search the world for other people who held the spirit closer to their well-being. Now, why I did that? Probably because I was a mystic, mystical temperament. It was part of my destiny, which led me to the Carol. And I've, I've spent 30 years with the Carol, deeply, deeply, deeply embedded, which has also just simply been a part of my destiny because I'm watching them die out as a voice piece for a whole nother way of living in the world because they don't live in linear time and they don't have a me cosmology. They only have a we cosmology. They don't understand past or future, never talk about it. So they really are a prototype of a new consciousness. But more important, my 30 years with them, their purity of heart just deeply, deeply, deeply opened my own. And it's been a major, major wind in my own evolution because of that purity of heart and because of not living in linear time and because of not living with a meat cosmology. So it, it's been profound. So beautiful. It, it truly is, I think, the new paradigm that we're all trying to move humanity towards. Yes, this yes. living as we instead of me and this beautiful tap into this limitless time in the present moment. Yes, yes, yes. And we can even address it from a qu the quantum realm. We have been embedded in the linear, past, present, and future, linear, us and them, duality for centuries. But the truth of the matter is, the quantum realm is also the soup in which we are embedded and why hasn't humanity come home and awakened there and i really think right now there are so many indications we are starting to move there even though the us and them and the horrific things that are going on in our world right now we have two wars going on right now even though that us and them is holding on by its fingertips. I really feel like the quantum has been here for over a hundred years, 
but we haven't made a dent in it. And yet we are embedded in the all is one, <laughs> the quantum entanglement of that, the understanding of having a participatory experience with the oneness underlying all of life. It is here, it's possible, and it's growing. And it's it's why I love being a mouthpiece for it now versus even 20 years ago. Yeah, I, I remember when, and I'm not quite clear on the year, somewhere around maybe 2003, 2005, when What the Bleep Do We Know came yes, out. Yes, yes. And yes. and that was, to me, one of the first, I, I just, it blew my mind, you know. It was revelatory in the culture. It was revelatory. And it spoke to what you what you're talking about, you know, the, yeah. this living in multi dimensions and that time exists simultaneously, all all at once, all at once, all at once, and the interconnectedness. I mean, it, you know, and, and we had these quantum physicists for the first time really speaking this in this amazing docu film. Yes, Stephanie, and the fortitude they had to come forth as scientists to to push against the cultural trance and the old empirical paradigm. And that was 20 years ago. And, you know, evolution, <laughs> evolution takes its own time. But we are 20 years ahead now. And it just feels as though there is a moment here where those voyaging in consciousness can experience this paradigm shift and it is a paradigm shift absolutely and we know when we shift our paradigm it changes our reality it changes our reality right and there is nothing to indicate to me you know over a half century on the planet more than half a century on the planet that this wider paradigm doesn't bring more well-being and joy it truly allows you to relax out of the us and them and the tension that the culture holds around that and i would even say our media and our news so everyone who's watching the news the news is just repeating the us and them and a mouthpiece for an old paradigm. It's an old paradigm. So we need to tune in to these, whether it's channels or programs or books like your new book that I definitely want to talk about that help us to experience this new paradigm. Because you have to have an experience with it. You can't be in your conceptual, rational mind which is part of, I think, the evolution that is occurring, which is why I think quantum physics has been slow to make a dent in the everyday consciousness. Because we're so addicted to being in our heads. We're so addicted yes. to yes. the analytical, yes. intellectual understanding of things instead of taking that 18 inch journey and living more through our heart brain. <laughs> If you will. Well, I'm going to say it even further. Not our heart brain, but the skin is our major sensory system. Through our sensory system. Through our sensory system. 
so we can be participatory with the quantum of which avails itself and be in the felt sense of that, which is a little bit different than just bringing it into the heart. It's about, perhaps it's an evolution that is occurring in the human species, right? Remember, Homo erectus had all of the sensory acuity and intuition and, and didn't know language. And then the neocortex started to develop an evolution. And oh my God, then there was the word. Then there was the word. And let's catapult up us what? How, however many years later, centuries later, while yes, we have the word. And we know in the beginning was the word. And we have the word. But we because of the word and because of conceptualizing and the neocortex developing, we have lost touch with our entire embodiment of that we are in the soup and attuned to the landscape. We've lost that. And yet there are signs that is coming back onto the planet, which tells me, yeah, this is just the integration and the evolution that occurs in a species. And, and I hope it comes soon. Yes. <laughs> the, yeah. earth is, the earth is in peril. I hope it comes soon. Yes. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree 100% and feel as you do that we are in that era now and that that yes. consciousness truly is rising. And I'm reminded oftentimes that things have to get to almost like this critical mass where things are so agitated. And we see this over and over again before something beautiful is created. I, I like it, Stephanie. I absolutely agree with you. You know, we see the horrific that is going on, the us and them and the, the dying of many as a result of it. And at the same time, we have an extraordinary emergence that is coming out of the planet, you know, the new humans, the spectrum, the young children who are not in the us and them and are telepathic. And it tells you it's an interesting time on the planet. And of course, this is how the manifestation works. Death and dying and emergence are happening simultaneously. And I might say to our viewers, it's always always happening simultaneously where do you want your awareness and where will you attend because that will determine your own unfolding during your very short beautiful moment on the earth plane yes yes and i i again resonate so much with what you're saying we have the choice of what we're going to focus on and we know what we focus on expands. So we can focus on the news and fear mongering and feel really awful, or we can plug in, you know, as you said, Mind Body Spirit FM has so many amazing programs and there's so much out there. And your book being one of that. And I want to move to talking about your book, Encounters with Living Language surrendering to the power of words, because you just spoke about 
words. And yes. in the beginning was the word. Yes. Can you can you talk a little bit about what first of all, what is living language? <laughs> oh, there might be two questions here, right? Yep. <laughs> in the beginning was the word. But in the beginning wasn't the word. In the beginning was the silence. And then there was the explosion. And then that was the word. That is the universe, the, co the cosmos in its own language, all the way to planets being born and then quieting and back into the silence, all the way to the earth and her birth and the rivers and the mountains and the tributaries of rivers, living language living language it is the language of the earth so when i say living language i'm not speaking only about english language or any spoken language i'm talking about from the beginning this is the participatory experience of language on the earth of which we have a sensory body that can be attuned there to be participatory in something that is greater than linear reality. And then I go to actually language itself. And I've had many interviews and people are like, well, is English language capable of bringing us to this greater awakening or is it only Sanskrit? And by the way, the Carol language is also very close to Sanskrit. But there are teachers who understand when you get beyond where we are kind of, mm, it's like a glue. We're stuck on conceptualizing language. You know, it's a very noisy culture. So whether it's the spoken or the written word, we just do it quickly. We never go back to the silence. We never have an experience with language. And so therefore it can only represent. And what I would say is, I would ask this question, have we failed language? Have we failed language? It has the capacity to bring us all the way to awakening. So how have we failed language? And I think we have failed language by the noise in the culture and by conceptualizing and not being in the silence behind the word. Because let's take, for example, you're with your loved one and they say something and you're like, you, you already think you know where they're going and you just eclipse, eclipse, eclipse. But what if every single word you allowed to take in to your receptivity and to return to the silence behind the word because every single word has a thousand roots underneath its meaning that are forces and archetypal forces that have to be felt. They are unseen, yes felt, but when you experience them, they open dimensional capacity, just like meditation or awakening. And so I, you know, you know, every great religion allows people to come into awakening, 
And I'm here to say, wow, because of my experience, which is why I wrote the book, no spiritual dogma, language also can bring us here. It's the same movement of moving beyond meaning and being in a sensory experience where the unseen avails itself and new capacity, you know, I, I say a word is a virtual cup of light that can open up new dimensions and new capacity. And it, it's, a, it's a truth. It's that you have to have an experience with the word. And we've all had it, right? You've read a great line and you get full body chills, right? The sensory system. You've read a great line and you're like, oh my goodness, that I am slayed by that line. And it moves inside of you. You read a good line and the hair goes up on the back of your neck. That is an experience with the word. And my book talks about none of it was intentional on my part. It was part of destiny of these interior trap doors inside the embodiment of the body, not conceptual mind, opened to new dimensions of capacity where direct perception, telepathy, prophetic awareness unfolded. All from, and I might say it, the English word, because English is not considered to be Sanskrit, or other like chanting or other that have brought us here. But I think language is in its own evolution. It's right here in the quantum soup, a part of these new tributaries that are growing, that are a possibility for humanity. You know, I, I think about when someone says something to me and I call it, my truth meter goes off and I'll get full head to toe chills. Me too. Me too. <laughs> right. Me too. Yes. Right. What is that? What is that? That's an experience with a word. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, again, really resonating with that deeper knowingness and this expansive universe that is, I love that you say it's, it's sensory. It's, it's within us and it is us. Yes. And it's deep, deep, deep receptivity. And it requires following something into the silence that doesn't get cut off by an immediate conceptual response. And that is a new movement that is a possibility now. And so I want to make sure that I'm understanding it clearly, Christine, is a part of that, as you're saying, really this deep listening, where if, if you said like we're listening to our partner, that yes. we're not just listening to the words, we're listening to what's under the words. And so we're actually creating that space that it's not just an intellectual, again, if you will, active listening. It's like an embodied listening. 
It's a full body embodied listening. I think, you know, I've been a meditator since mm, the very early 90s. Um, so silence, spaciousness, seeing what arises out of silence and what arises out of spaciousness, which is the unseen of which our linear reality cannot give us, is part of human awakening. And a, a language arises out of the silence and returns to the silence. And so I, 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 would, I would say, like any spiritual teacher, you, this is about returning to the spaciousness and to the silence and being in the body with deep, deep, deep receptivity so that you can have an experience. And, and you absolutely answered what my question was going to be, which was a, around meditation and having a practice to access this. Yes. Yes. And how long here, you know, here's, here's my brain going, how long do you need to meditate at a time? Do you believe to access this? Okay. We live in a busy world. I meditate every day. I wake up with a cup of coffee in my hand and I meditate with my coffee in my hand and I enjoy my coffee and it's 20 minutes. That's it. That's it. And if it's 15 minutes, who cares? And in the morning or at night, you know, so dawn or dusk, it's an honoring of the silence of this larger continuum of which we live in that requires silence, right? The, the you know, two or three o'clock in the morning, everything is silent and it's silent because manifestation requires silence. And our culture does not honor that. It does not honor that. Yes. If, if you ever look at I don't look at these things, but if you look at TikTok, um, you know, and people that are scrolling on Instagram or Facebook, that's just it. It's this dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. Yes. And and they're programmed to keep us engaged like that. So it's it's such we we do. We live in this world of distraction. And so the important piece of coming back, I love morning rituals. I love your coffee ritual. You've inspired me that I can have my coffee and meditate at the same and time. I have a Malamute. I can, I can pet my Malamute and the, my, um, my cat, which is in the book, Princess Gals a lot. I can do all of that, have a sip of coffee and be in meditation. It's not, it doesn't have to be formal. It just has to be a ritual that you desire to allow the conceptual mind to recede and be quiet so you can develop that capacity where something else begins to emerge and allows you to experience life in a different way. It does not have to be formal. So let's talk about this one of the I, what it did catch my attention when I was looking through the table of contents, the holy word power. What is yeah. the holy word power? Mm. 
when Gandhi sat in prayer for India, 400 million Indians through a nonviolent movement with the British government where there was lots of massacre and Gandhi was jailed many times and and Gandhi would even write from his jail cell as the beloved whatever the jail whatever the jail he was in my I'm the beloved wherever I am right but when he sat in prayer for 400 million Indians the violence would stop that's the holy word okay that truth meter just went off that's the holy word the yeah. carol the carol again they don't live in linear time or a me cosmology so when they're in ceremony and because they live at such high high altitude and they see themselves an extension of the earth they call in the lightning for ceremony and lightning comes and they don't call it in from a place of power they call it in from a beloved felt sense of will you join us including the avalanches because they're you know you're you're at really really high altitude um but it's it's a part of that larger continuum but it's not from the mind it is from an extension of being participatory with the one underlying the whole of which then the world it, it it speaks it speaks from there that is the holy power of the word when someone speaks from that place from the archetypal root of every word it has a different impact in our world even with consensual reality that just wants to take it in from a conceptual place they they can't help but have an experience with it and everyone's will be different according to where they're at but the holy power of the word is when you truly understand what the word in its own evolution has to offer it has i could say extraordinary power but it's quantum power it has quantum power i'm hearing this thing about moving towards enlightenment and that you know this is such an essential piece of that and and you know is is enlightenment truly just to be illuminated to become more light or i'm curious what your definition of that is i've never liked the word enlightenment and I and I get it. You know, there are many spiritual traditions that use that word, but there's something really static about the word. Like, like you've you've attained and reached some place 
as though there is a ceiling on it. Oh my goodness, there is no ceiling on, awa on awakening your awareness. We are embedded in a light, igniting the spark, right? Igniting spark. We are embedded in a light of which we are part of and participatory with. And when we awaken to that, it's will grow through, it will keep growing and growing and growing and growing because it's quantum and we haven't even made a dent in quantum. So, you know, I, I, I'm always okay with people who think they're enlightened. And I'm like, oh, are you resting? Are you resting? <laughs> <laughs> because there's so much more. Yeah, I, I love that. But that's not a place that you just arrive at and that's it. Right. And and that as long as we are here and beyond, that's that's what we're doing. We're continuing to expand and to grow and to grow that awareness. I love that. And that that's not a journey that ends. It doesn't end. And it doesn't end because as we come home to a participatory experience, with the oneness underlying the whole, then our light just keeps opening, 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 and we are part of the evolution of the manifestation. And who knows where that's gonna end because it's always blossoming and opening up. Yeah, thank you. We're gonna need to take a quick break. Okay. And when we return more from Christina, Donald igniting the spark. Come on back. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to make sure for this last piece that I want to talk about illuminations. I want to make sure I'm not, not missing something essential. Christina, is there something you want to make sure that we're addressing? Oh, wow. Well, it's interesting, Stephanie, because illuminations, you know, every interview I do, you know, people ask me about illuminations, but in the dialogue we're having, it seems less important. Encounters with living language, surrendering to the power of words, the reason why I am a mouthpiece here to say, wow, it doesn't even require spiritual dogma, 
we can simply be with the word and have we failed language is that between 2012 and 2015, I had 92 illuminations, mystical temperament. I'm a long time lucid dreamer, transcendent dreamer of being connected to the intelligence behind a dream. I am absolutely on the planet to be a midwife of the unseen into the scene. Even, you know, as a psychologist, I'm that. So it's just, it's, it's just who I am. But these 92 illuminations came from outside of me. I was awake in, in the majority of them. They were not convenient because we live in a busy world. But when they came, there was absolutely heightened sensation, entire sensory system heightened, heightened acuity, heightened lucidity, like the light bulb is, is, has gone up by, you turn it on to the third. And then the sound underneath the sound of a word would come into my sensory system. And I talk about it in the word, in, in, in the book, as it was as though interior trap doors opened inside my sensory system to give me this experience. When I had these illuminations, I didn't know what they were, but I was already a lucid dreamer, so I, they didn't surprise me. I sent them off to my editor and said, let's just archive these. I have no idea what they are. And, you know, after 70 of them, I'm like, wow, I still don't have a conceptual understanding of them. Some of, some of them were mathematical formulas that my sensory system was absorbing. I couldn't make sense of them. But what I did know is that they had a progressive aim. And at the end, I'm like, there's a progressive aim and there's something that needs to go out into the world because of this progressive aim of the unseen, and of, of which is what this book is about. And it talks about the illuminations, but it also talks about, as a psychologist, my exchanges with clients that were absolutely impacted by this unfolding. So I think the progressive aim was interior trapdoors, sensory system awakening. It was its, its its own awakening in our world of the body, not the mind, the body. And of which I think I'm a mouthpiece here for, including, oh, 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 language has more to offer. And that's something I'm curious about. How did these illuminations impact your practice and being with clients? I talk about in the book, a young man who came to see me and he, he was uh, in his late 20s and he was completely shut down. 
he was absolutely, he was completely shut down. His whole energy body was like a scarecrow, just, you know, like hanging on him. He had no emotion. He was depressed and, and he was referred by a, a physician. And we started the session and he was really reticent. I always offer a cup of tea, communion, all the niceties. And he's he was resistant to that. And I just noted it. And I said, I asked him, okay, why are you here today? And he's like, I don't know why I came today. I guess it's a better place to be than other places. So he was absolutely reticent. Long story short, probed, asked more questions. And as I asked more questions, just like my the illuminations, as he spoke, I couldn't conceptualize. Like, like again, these illuminations make conceptualizing receive. And so it's all in my sensory system. I couldn't conceptualize, I couldn't judge, I couldn't, I I I couldn't categorize him. And as that space opened up, it was baptismal waters between the two of us. And he just started unfolding. Whatever. I'm numb, I'm numb, I'm I'm like, well, numbness is not that you don't have feelings, it's that you have too many feelings. And all of the all of the unseen behind what he was feeling came into the room because there was room for it, weren't wasn't conceptualizing. And he, six foot two, pitched off of my couch, sobbing on the ground, having an extraordinary moment of release. That is how living language when you don't use the conceptual mind to judge or conceptualize or put it in a place and you let all of the unseen forces come into the room it's impact and it was an extraordinary session it, it, it it's in the book but there are others in the book too it's 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 the nature of the language has more to offer it has more if we get beyond diagnosing conceptualizing rationalizing so much more and all the forces behind it enter the room which allow for a greater healing thanks for sharing that too i find in my own private practice as a psychotherapist when I get out of my own way, which has been my spiritual practice now for 17 years of uh, yes. very similar to what you're saying. I, I experienced that where I'm not trying to analyze. I'm not trying to figure anything out. I'm not trying to do anything. It, it's an interesting holding of space. And then my experience of it is just allowing to yeah. me, it, it's like a divine I'm getting the yes. chills again, you know, yes. unfolding that just comes through. Like I'm just the conduit. Yes. And in that space, it's the, the right 
words will come out or whatever that is. I don't have to think about it. And exactly what you're saying, then this environment for healing is created and that beautiful alchemy is what transpires. And I, I feel like it's one of the greatest joys of my life to be witness to other people's healing in that manner. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yes, me too. Me too. Because you move beyond the cultures holding something tight and and in a container that has it represented. It it's like it untethers and it unfolds and all of the unseen energies can enter the room of which allows movement and between a therapist and a client when both are in that communion that's an extraordinary healing experience and we don't get that much in western medicine but it's extraordinary because the unseen which is why i call it the baptismal waters of which we you are we 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 are both in with clients is the healing and that is the larger continuum of which we are embedded in of which if we can allow it in it can come in so what is what is the essential piece for you I'm hearing that you're the mouthpiece. I'm hearing that you're the mouthpiece for for ushering in the this information and the illuminations that you experienced and sharing with people how to create this space to open up to it almost what I heard, Christina, was this it, it's like this universal language beyond words. Oh, I like that. I really like that, Stephanie. I like that. I guess part of it is as people read this book, what for you is the the essence or the hope of of what that person is going to receive? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I hope at the end of the book, at a really simple level, really simple level, people are like, wow. I can listen, I can listen to the spoken or written word in a different way that may expand my awareness and my awakening. That is that is my hope because it's it's the entire reason I wrote it. And I feel as though I'm a mouthpiece for it at the simple level. Well, and that that book then becomes like a portal. Exactly. Exactly. And it's a lovely little rare book that is in the harbor and is going out into the ocean as a part of a portal of something that is joining the other places where awakening is happening. So, you know, I'm not here to go, oh, all about language and nothing else. No, I'm just saying it's, it's like, wow, even language without spiritual dogma can bring us to these places because language is 
also, of course, in its own evolution, because in the beginning was the word. It's that simple. As we're getting ready to wrap up, first of all, please let people know how they can find out more about you, how they can get the book. Yes. Um, you can always go on our website, christinadenell.com. You can, you can buy the book there. And you can also see all of the interviews, including our interview will be there eventually. Uh, if you're moved in your own awakening, you can also go on Amazon and buy the book. And you can go on Amazon and buy the previous book of which sells. I wrote the Transcendent Dreaming in 2008. I wrote this. It came out in March. They sell equally today. So I suspect they both sell because if you are on the planet to be a midwife of the unseen and the seen, and people are drawn to that, then, you know, they're like, I want to know more. And, and how wonderful that it's becoming in some ways contagious, that this is that, expanding. Yeah. Con contagious, like let's sow seeds of consciousness in our universe that move away from the us and them, from the linear, from the cultural trance, from the where people are just like... It, they can't experience well-being or joy because of where they have bought into. And there are so many other places. There's so many other places. And it's why I deeply appreciate what you are doing. And, and what I do is to say, well, there's another way. Voyaging in consciousness and, and new consciousness and awakening in that consciousness is a new way. Yeah, and, and I, I feel like you're already saying this. And I at the end of every show, I always ask the guest, what is the essential message that you want to leave with the audience? All is one. All is God. Whatever you want to call God. Who cares what you call that? All is one. It's one light behind not only the earth, it is one light behind all of the universes, the entire cosmos that is extraordinarily and exceedingly moving forward because otherwise it wouldn't be here. And can you trust in the universe? And can you surrender and fall into that? Because if you can, it might take you out of where our human species is right now and its truncated duality, us and them, consciousness, which Stephanie, I think, I've never said this before, is beginning to feel 
like Neanderthal. It's old, it's really old, and there's so much new blossoming and emerging. Yeah, yeah. So I love that we are evolving, that a consciousness of one, I love that, that we are all interconnected, that we are all part of the one, and we are the one. We are the one. We have to come home to it, and we have to come home to it with re increased receptivity and in the body, which is, you know, many other spiritual teachers are talking about. It's like, it's not out here. You meditate, it's not out here. No, it's got to come all the way into the body, all the way into the quantum cellular nature. And I think we're here. Beautiful. Christina, thank you so much for sharing this time with us, for sharing your light uh, with, with all of us and your, your spark. Thank you. Thank you, my dear. And may you continue to usher for awakening in our world and what you do. So I love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you. So I hope that this episode was inspiring for you and that for me, I need to say one of my big takeaways is just the importance of remembering our interconnectedness, that we are all one. And when we adopt that mindset, that level of consciousness, I think that is where the evolution of humanity lies um, in that collective consciousness. So Thank you for taking this mind-expanding journey with us. And stay tuned for even more amazing episodes on The Spark. Next week, my guest is the amazing Steve Farrell as we talk about his new book and Humanity's Stream. So stay tuned, keep warm, sending love to all of you. Until next week. You have been listening to Igniting the Spark with Stephanie James. Thank you so much for listening. And a special thanks to my amazing and magical producer, Tony Ficini. You can find Igniting the Spark on all podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe so you get every inspirational episode. For more information about this show, my books, my films, and my upcoming events, go to stephaniejames.world and ignite your best life. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.